0: Hello and welcome to the first edition of the Red Pill podcast from Dead Man Talking. I'm your host, Joel Smalley, and it's Saturday 25th of June 2022. Today I'm going to be answering the question, COVID-19, where was the public health emergency? In other words, how serious was the threat to public health? And was the government response proportionate? Given the media attention, given to COVID and the extraordinary global response, you might think this is rather an odd question to ask at all. But readers of my substack will know that I will attempt to answer the question objectively. I hope to provide a phlegmatic response based on the evidence in the public mortality data, which will contrast with the hyperbole spun out by the mainstream media that the majority of the unthinking populace gorge themselves upon. With a bit of luck, I might encourage you to question for yourself if there was a public health emergency of the magnitude described by Dr Boris Johnson on the 23rd of March 2020 as the biggest threat this country has faced for decades. And once you question that, perhaps you'll start to question everything else that the government has said and done since. For context, I searched the internet for a definition of a public health emergency. There is no definition in the UK legislation that I could find, but it did lead me to the Public Health Control of Disease Act 1984, under which the UK's COVID restrictions were enacted. Here, it is clearly articulated that restrictions should be proportionate to their objective in response to a serious and imminent threat to public health. We cannot turn back time, but with hindsight, We can use analysis of the empirical data to test whether there was a serious threat to public health and therefore whether the response was proportionate i'm using all-cause mortality as the empirical data because it is the most consistent reliable and definitive data when it comes to public health outcomes it does not directly identify causes of death but it is an excellent metric To measure the overall societal impact of public health events and importantly the public health response i'm going to keep it very simple and present the mortality data in such a way that any reasonable person can determine if there was a serious threat to public health in the spring of 2020. according to time series analysis of mortality for all ages an event began to emerge in early to mid-feb causing the seasonal decline in mortality to slow down. On the 17th of March 2020, mortality exploded. There is much speculation as to why deaths should suddenly spike on this day if they are due to COVID, given the evidence that the virus was circulating for some time beforehand. I cannot address this speculation, except to reiterate that this data incorporates all events that might contribute to unusual or unexpected deaths, not just the virus itself. What is clear is that the effect of the events is completely gone by the 31st of May. Accordingly, I'm going to present annual data running the 31st of May between 2015 and 2021 to allow us to decide if there has been a threat to public health because this ensures that the entire first COVID wave is captured in one season. In addition to the usual mortality season that evidently runs between September and the following May in England. I've broken the deaths into 18 age groups between the ages of five and over 90. In each case, I'm presenting the annual number of deaths between June and the following May, together with the average annual deaths between 2015 And 2019. For the over 90s, deaths in 2019 20, the COVID year, are 123,000, 16,000 or 15% higher than average. For the 85 to 89s and 80 to 84s, they're each around 10,000 higher than average or 12%. For the 75 to 79s and 70 to 74s, they're around 8,000 higher than average which is between 13% and 16% respectively. The 65 to 69s are no higher than average. In total, there were 53,000 more deaths than average, representing 0.48% of the population aged 65 and over. In each case, do you think there is evidence of a serious threat to public health? If you believe there is, do you think the public health restrictions were proportionate to that threat? As a reminder, the restrictions, the most significant set of restrictions on British life in living memory, according to The Guardian at the time. Boris Johnson decreed that all people can only shop for basic necessities, limited exercise to one form a day, restricted travel, only to and from essential work and told the UK to stay at home. The 60 to 64s and 55 to 59s are both around 2,000 higher than average, or between 10 and 14%, respectively. The 50 to 54s are 1,000 higher than average, about 9%. The 45 to 49s and 40 to 44s are around 100 higher, 2%. The 35 to 39s are 400 higher, 12 percent. In total, there were just over 6,000 more deaths than average, representing 0.02 percent of the population aged between 35 and 64. Do we have evidence of a serious threat to public health that affects all ages indiscriminately? Or is there evidence that certain age groups are more affected than others? How ought that affect public health policy in your opinion? For the 30 to 34s, there are less than 200 deaths more than average, around 7%, but every year group younger than that has fewer deaths than average in spite of the declared public health emergency. In 2019-20, is there evidence of a serious public health threat to young people in England? There is, of course, one major flaw with this retrospective judgement. What if the policies enacted were successful in mitigating the serious public health threat? If so, then our hindsight analysis would be faulty. Fortunately, we can empirically test the impact of restrictions on deaths using the application of the Gompertz function. This mathematical function assumes a constant decay in growth from one time period to another there can only be one solution for any distribution, calibrated to any part of it. If all parts of the empirical distribution, such as we observe, lie on the model, it is proof that no exogenous factor had an impact on it, neither positive nor negative. If restrictions had mitigated the public health threat, then the empirical data would have fallen below the model, but it never does. Evidently, there was no benefit in terms of reduced mortality as a result of any of the restrictions. So what did you conclude? Stay home, protect the NHS, save lives. I believe I'm a reasonable person and having looked objectively at the 18 sets of data, I would be very confident to conclude that there was no serious threat to public health between March and May 2020. I would admit there was an elevated risk of mortality for over 50s, but would not agree that the restrictions imposed by this government were anywhere near proportionate to that risk. And with hindsight, the restrictions were completely ineffective anyway. But hindsight is a wonderful thing. Even with imperfect data reporting, could better judgement have been informed sooner? Well, data from the Diamond Princess cruise ship in February 2020 gave us exactly the same insights that I've shared in today's analysis. But as a sign of the times, those of us that dared to refer to it to make the point repeatedly that the government response was completely disproportionate to the risk were gaslighted and shut down. Fortunately, we've archived all the evidence so that hopefully lessons will be learned. Whether or not they are, really depends on people's understanding of these basic facts. There is evidence throughout of egregious misinformation peddled by the government about the true magnitude of the threat of COVID, which I hope I have outlined clearly here. The next step is to take the government to task of presenting a counter-argument. Where was the public health emergency And how on earth does it still persist today?